See, we're on the ball here, Steve. We got the word. Keep that door shut during the service. Good morning. morning. Tryptophene hangover. (laughs) What is it? Carb hangover. Yep. I'm still full from last night. How about you guys? Woo. If you ate anything this morning, wow, you're better than me. I have not been able to eat since we left here last night. So this is one of those messages that I'm very excited to preach. Sometimes you come in and you're like, eh. no, I'm excited to preach this. And for a change, listening? Yep. For a change, I don't think we're even going to mention the enemy in this message at all. Isn't that amazing? Except that I just did. But other than that, I don't think we will. But unfortunately, even though we won't be talking about him for a change, this is the kind of message that he will greatly attack. It's a message on prayer. We're back in the area on the topic of prayer, and Satan doesn't like it when the church is learning about prayer. So let's dig in. Let's learn something today. It's one of those days where you may begin to sense distractions, external or internal. You're just going to have to take control of those distractions. There's no other easy way. I wish there was. Like if people are talking to you or you're laughing or anything like that and distracting other people, you're going to have to fight through that and make yourself listen or you're going to miss something important that God has to say to you. Introduction and review. Last week, different type of service, an in-house celebration. We celebrated what God is doing in our midst. We had student ministry presentations. We inducted new official members. We had water baptisms. It was a great day. I've heard many of you say that, leaving church. A great day at church. Every Sunday, I'm hoping, is a great day at church. But last week was a great day celebration. This week, back in Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. Tiffany, will you come and read? And the rest of us will stand. We'll honor God's word together. Tiffany will read Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. So you see on the screen there's a title. The title is More on Prayer. 
There's additional stuff to learn about prayer. There's a subtitle, The Relational Nature of Prayer. Then there's a sub-subtitle, The Biblical Protocol of Prayer. These are the thoughts to look for as we move through the message today. The relational nature of prayer, the biblical protocol of prayer. They weave themselves through the message, those thoughts. Let me explain the title more on prayer. If you remember, if you've been with us, we spent the entire month of October, five Sundays, focused on intercession, focused on intercessory prayer. We were praying like crazy. We were a praying church. Many of you told me how much you were engaged in prayer at that time through the month of October, and that there seemed to be an energy for prayer that maybe we didn't have before, and that praying had become more of a joy than a duty or a drudgery. Then the scriptures took a turn, the topic changed, and we began focusing on other things. I don't know if the prayer has waned or not. I know it's been more of a struggle for me than it was in October to pray like I did then. We were focused on other things. Now, it seems God wants to again address the matter of prayer with us. He does that. He brings something to us. He teaches about it. Then he sets it on the shelf, and he lets us be tested and challenged in that area as he's teaching us something else. Then in the right time, we talked about timing recently, in God's right timing, he brings that topic back again. He's bringing prayer back again, and it's all coming through the progression of our sermon series in Ephesians. My own opinion, moo. Yes, I did milk cows, but moo, this is my own opinion, or my opinion only. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot do this passage justice. Of Tiffany read. You cannot do it justice in one sermon, possibly even in a dozen sermons, if at all. So rich. There's some thoughts in what she read. If we really begin to look at them, which we will, this passage is fairly mind blowing, especially Ephesians 3 20. However, today we're just going to do a cursory surface introduction to this sermon series. Our focus is only going to be verse 14. One verse today. The next two weeks, we're actually going to break and have a Christmas focus. So we're just going to introduce this passage today. Then we'll have the Christmas program next Sunday with a devotional wrapped around it. They gave me some thoughts, thank you, Stacy, on what to say related to what they're doing. The following week, it, it is Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas Eve day, probably a shorter service, but we want to do Christmas communion, so you want to come out for that Christmas Eve day. Then on the 31st, we'll have our traditional or conventional end-of-year service where we give you the mic and you get a chance to share what God has done in 2023, what you're anticipating in 2022. You keep it brief, you keep it to the point, but we open it up for the congregation to speak on the 31st. 
Then we'll jump back into this sermon series on prayer. In Ephesians, and it will be on prayer. Just had to make sure I remembered that all. Does that sound like a plan? You okay with that plan? Do you have a choice? What? Did I say 2022? I'm a year behind. All in favor of that plan, say aye. aye. Opposed? The ayes carry. All right, let's get into today's sermon. So Ephesians 3.14 says this. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father. Just want to break it down. Three phrases we have there. The first one is, when I think of all this. When I think of all what? This is Paul writing to the Ephesians. When I think of all what? When he thinks of all that he's already been saying in this letter that we've been looking at. The believer's position. Believer's spiritual blessings in Christ. The revelation of the plan to bring Jews and Gentiles now into the common salvation in Christ. The breaking down of racial, cultural, class discrimination, making one new creation in Christ, the Christian. The wisdom of God that is now on display in the heavenly realms through the cross and the church of Christ. All those things. When he thinks of all those things, all that stuff that he's been writing, all that lofty stuff that we've been looking at, he falls to his knees. When, then I fall to my knees and I pray. When he thinks about this, he's driven to his knees and he has to pray. So right from the outset of this passage, 14 through 21, we discover the theme of the passage is going to be prayer. Paul is going to pray again. And though there are many details in this passage that we'll look at, the primary idea is prayer. So in case you haven't noticed, Paul's a man of prayer. That's an understatement. We established that fact in our messages on intercession, in our study in Acts. We traced Paul's praying through his epistles, how he prayed for every individual and every church to whom he wrote a letter, and then others as well. It even implies that Paul prayed for each family in all of the churches which he planted, and he prayed for them regularly. And he prayed for all of the individuals in those churches, and he prayed for them regularly. That's a praying man. Where did he find the time to do everything else he did? He didn't have video games. He didn't have a cell phone. That helps. Didn't have TV. But, wow. Well, as we said, it seems like God wants to again address the matter of prayer with us. And God is, again, going to teach us some stuff, tweak some stuff. You know, we're praying, we're praying, we're doing well, we're doing well, we're effective. And God says, okay, I just want to tweak that a little bit so that you're even more effective. I know when I, when I used to bowl, and Jeff Stiles, he's not here today, but he's a very good bowler, and he would teach me things. And my score, my average would come up. And then it would get to a certain point, and he'd say, move a couple boards to the left. My average would come up again. It took that little bit of tweaking to become more effective. That's what God does with us in prayer. We've learned about prayer. We put that into practice. And now he says, I'm going to tweak it even more, and we're going to become more effective in prayer. Got that? 
that make sense? So don't feel like, oh, man, it wasn't even worth No, God's just always constantly maturing us in various areas of our Christian walk. Prayer is one of them. So we're going to learn some lessons again from the praying of, a, of the Apostle Paul. I have shared with you, I think, well, numerous times here and there, wherever it would come up, that God had brought various pastors into my life, and they had a tremendous influence on me. Pastor Peterson was primary from when I got saved 10 years on my Christian life. He mentored me. He discipled me. He left. Pastor Sanger came in another 10 years. 20 years I, I was under the tutelage of two really great pastors. There's a guy I only mentioned periodically, and his name is Pastor McGarvey. He was an older guy who came in and was, was just around for, for a short period of time, but he had tremendous impact on my life as well. He was a former senior pastor. Then he became an assistant pastor in his retirement years. In his last years, he formed what he called a college of prayer around our district in the CMA. I was just a young elder at the time in the Elizabethtown Church when he was doing this and talking about it with us. And he told me, nah, I'll tell you that some other time. <laughs> he told me, Hub, the most important thing that you, we, the church can ever do is pray. When you're a young leader in the church, you're looking to do more than you are to pray. But he said the most important thing that you or me, meaning him, or the entire church can do is pray. And he also said this, the longer that you are in ministry, the more you will realize that. And he was right. 28 years later, he was right. The most important thing we can do. There's other things God will ask us to do. But the most important thing we can do is pray. It's the thing that the enemy hates the most. He hates worship. He hates fellowship. He hates this teaching. But the thing that he really hates is prayer. Because prayer is the thing that threatens his kingdom the most. Moving on. When I think of all this, I fall on my knees and pray. Third phrase, to the Father. And that's what I'm excited to talk with you about today. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father. Let, let's talk about that phrase for a moment. To the Father. There is no clearly spelled out, set in stone formula for prayer or praying that's given in Scripture, of which I am aware of. There are many principles, but there's no set in stone formula. But there is a biblical protocol in prayer and in praying. And we'll look at that today. So the question, what is the biblical protocol? As with most, most things from God, it's simple because we need simple. You notice Paul said, I bow my knees and I pray to the Father. That's a key thought. That's a key thought connected to biblical prayer and biblical praying. And we do sometimes just we become a little sloppy in that. The key thought in prayer is to the Father, 
particularly, maybe exclusively, but particularly in New Testament praying. Jesus, Luke 11, 1 through 3, for those who will have to listen by podcast, Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father. Then the rest of what he said. The setting here. The disciples have been watching Jesus pray. And they were impressed. They were impressed with Jesus praying. Of course they were. Jesus was impressive in all that he did and said, right? Art's not here. You guys are going to have to come through for me. Amen. Amen. Jesus is impressive in all that he does, including his praying. And they were Jewish. His followers were Jewish. They were not unaccustomed to praying. They were not unaccustomed to hearing people pray. It's not like they've never heard others pray before. But there was something different about Jesus praying. It was unlike anything they had experienced or heard before in the temple or in the synagogue where the Jewish leaders of the day recited long, flowery, repetitious, liturgical prayers, often written out beforehand, often not coming from the heart. Jesus praying was different, and they wanted to pray like him. I just put a little side note here. It's my own personal side note, but wouldn't you love to have heard Jesus pray? What? Would that be a learning experience, to be there and hear him pray? Well, they asked him, teach us to pray, and he said, okay. This is how you should pray. Begin with Father. Jesus teaches them, when you're going to pray, address your prayers to the Father. That's good instruction for us as well when we pray. Father, our Father who art in heaven, our heavenly Father. Here's the thing I I want us to get today that I'm very excited to teach on. Father is a relational term. You may already know this. It may not be new for you, but hopefully there will at least be a refresher, and it may be new for some. Father is a relational term. It implies relationship. I want, you to th- I want us to think about that. Father, that's a relational term. That implies relationship. Technically speaking, you're only a father if you have children. Biological, adopted, fostered, okay? But technically speaking, you are not a father unless you have children. Before Deb and I had Rachel... I was a good husband. (laughs) Looking for confirmation here? Yeah, fishing for a compliment. I want to catch one. Thank you. I really wasn't, though. I didn't know the Lord, so I wasn't, but I was learning. But I was a husband, right? I was married to Deb, but I was not a father. When we had Rachel, guess what? I became a father. There's so much we could say about that, but we'll just leave it right there. I became a father. Father implies relationship. I now had a daughter. Now I have four of them, two daughters, two sons. But I had a daughter, and I had a new relationship 
a father-daughter, father-child relationship. That's important as we think about prayer moving forward. Do I still have you? Do I still have you with me on this? Okay. When believers pray, and that's you, if you've trusted Jesus for your salvation, when believers pray, we're praying in relationship. It's not a stranger. It's not someone we don't know. We're praying in relationship because through faith in Jesus, we are children of God. We're sons and daughters of God. We have, this is mind-blowing. If you really think about it, this is mind-blowing. We have relationship with God as our Heavenly Father. Prayer is relational. Prayer is relational. Prayer is relational. 1 John 3, 1. See how very much our Father loves us? For he calls us his children, and that is what we are. He's now Father. We are his children. Through faith in Christ, we are his children. He is our Father. God himself is our Father. Words are not doing this justice. I can feel it. But God himself is our Father. we got to think about that. God is our Father. When we pray, we are addressing the God of the universe. We are addressing the God of creation who made heaven and earth, who holds the oceans in his hand, who holds the sun in his hand, who sustains the creation. If he took his hand off for one instant, all of creation would implode. That God is our Father. We have relationship with him. Intimate relationship. I think so many Christians go from salvation to heaven and never realize the relationship we have with our Father, with God. When we pray, we're not just spitting words out into the air, though it seems like that often enough, but that's more on us. Because we don't enter into prayer with these understandings and very thoughtful about what we're doing and to whom we're speaking. So we sort of spit petitions out into the air and, and hope that they reach a being up there who will receive them and act upon them. But that being is our Heavenly Father and we're His sons and daughters. When we pray, we are conversing with our Father just as you would with your earthly father or your children with you. Do you see that? And when we pray, because he is our father and because he is a good, good father, which we're going to play after the message, because he's a good, good father, he's always listening whether it seems like it or not. He's always not just listening, he's attentive. He's attentive to what you're saying to him. And as we grow in our faith and in our prayer life, then we begin to realize his voice speaking back to us. Dad is speaking back to his son or his daughter when we're praying, if we listen, if we spend time with him. Right, Art? So much more to this Christian life than just getting saved and trying to live a good life and turn over a new lease. So much more. 
Prayer is relational because we are children of God and God is our Father. 1 John 1.3, we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father. Salvation is all about knowing God. This is eternal life, Jesus said, that you know God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. So salvation is all about relationship with God, living in relationship, walking daily life in relationship with our Heavenly Father. Prayer is also all about relationship. True, play, true prayer flows out of our relationship with our Heavenly Father, the relationship Jesus made possible at the cross. Matthew 6, 9, back to a situation with Jesus again. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven. It's the same setting as Luke. It's just worded a little differently. And what I want to point out is the phrase Jesus used here this time. Pray like this. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven. The phrase pray like this is in the imperative grammatical sense. Does that mean anything to you English people in here, the English grammar people? The, word pray, the phrase pray like this is in the imperative grammatical sense. means it's what? Say good and loud. That's a command. A command, Jim. Yeah, you better have gotten that. <laughs> it's a command. Oh, you mean it's not optional. No, it's not. It's a command. When you pray, pray like this. Begin your praying. Address your praying to God the Father. That's a command. Many of us think we can just come up with however we want to. And am I going to make a big deal about that? No. <laughs> but Scripture makes a big deal about it. Scripture says there's a protocol to follow if you want to pray effectively. Pray like this is a command. Address your prayer. Address your praying to your Heavenly Father. The biblical protocol for prayer. Prayer is to be addressed to the Father. Let's look at the example of Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty five. 25. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth. The example of Jesus. O Father. Matthew 26, 39. He went on a little further. This is in Gethsemane. He went on a little further. He bowed with his face to the ground praying, My Father. If it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. The example of Jesus, my Father. John 17, 1. After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so he can give glory back to you. Jesus set the example for them. He sets the example for us. When Jesus prayed, and I couldn't find any other instance, maybe your student of Scripture, you'll look, you will. I've never found Jesus address a prayer in any other way than to Father. He set the example. When he prayed, he addressed his prayers to the Father. Prayers to be addressed to the Father. Some other related Scriptures. Matthew 6, 6. Now, these are the words of Jesus to his disciples. When you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father. In private, then your Father who sees everything will reward you. 
The instruction of Jesus to his disciples then, to us now, when you pray, pray to your Father. Talk to your Father. Converse with your Father. Relate with your Father. Intimate relationship. Colossians 1.3, this is the example of Paul. We always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you can see it, this was the practice of the Apostle Paul throughout his letters, throughout the epistles. 1 Thessalonians 1.3, again the Apostle Paul and his companions. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. The prayers of Paul and his companions began by addressing God the Father. Again, I haven't found it any other way, but if you do, I'd be open to see that. So the biblical protocol of prayer, conclusion. The nature of prayer is relational. Prayer flows out of relationship with, and it's to be addressed to, our Father in heaven. Our relationship with our Father is to be one of intimacy. Come boldly to the throne. Crawl right up on his lap, throw your arms around his neck. Most people, especially new Christians, are horrified at that idea. How can that even be? But it's all through the New Testament. Jesus made access to the Father for us. We need to take advantage of that access. Oh, to get to the judgment seat of Christ and realize what could have been. The relationship we could have had. But we were either too busy or we didn't understand or for whatever reason, we never fully entered into that relationship we have with our Father. That's why Jesus died to reconcile lost human beings to his Father. <laughs> it's so exciting, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Pastor, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about it. I hope you are. I don't know how many more years I have in front of me, hopefully quite a few to serve him, but I'm going to take advantage of this relationship, and I'm going to make the most of it, like Pastor McGarvey. Hub, the older you get, the longer you're in ministry, the more you're going to find out. The most important thing is prayer, and he didn't just mean with a list. He meant getting to know God and talking with God and out of relationship and intimacy, praying. And hearing God respond and seeing God do things. So we always move from a conclusion to an application. What good is it to hear something if you don't know what you're going to do with what you heard, right? I don't want to leave what's being said here today in the pews. I want it to go out with us into our lives and change our lives. And through that, change other lives. And through that, change culture. And through that, impact a nation. What? The possibilities are endless. Ephesians 3.20 says, it's beyond our ability to even think or imagine all that God wants to do through us. But that comes in January when we get back into this series. So the application, what will we do with what we've just learned? What will we do with what we've just heard? 
when we pray, we need to begin, if we don't already, many of you do, I'm sure you do, but when we pray, we need to make a conscious effort to realize we are talking to our Father. When we're praying, we're talking to God. We need to make a conscious effort. Now, I'm not talking when you're driving down the road so much and there's prayer, your prayer is inspired and God gives you something to pray. But I'm telling you, I'm talking about when we spend time with God praying, when we set ourselves to prayer. And even in those, those moments in the car, this should be true, but we need to make a conscious effort to realize we're talking to our Father, we're talking to God, and we want to be aware of his presence with us. It's so easy to fall into this trap. I think I have fallen into it since October when we stopped talking about prayer so much. It's easy to fall into the trap of just sending words into the atmosphere, hardly even aware that we're talking to God when we're praying. Is there an amen there? Come on. Sometimes we're just voicing words and we're not even aware. Sometimes we're just voicing words and we lose our train of thought mid-sentence because we're not even concentrating. Am I right? And it's like, oh, yeah, what was I praying about? <laughs> we have to make a conscious effort to realize, wait, wait, wait. You know, if you were talking to a dignitary and you just started looking elsewhere and got distracted, and how would that be? That'd be extremely disrespectful. Well, this is God of the universe we're talking about when we're praying. We have to cultivate, and it does take some cultivation. It takes some work. That's another thing Pastor McGarvey always stressed. This isn't going to happen for you tomorrow morning. This takes cultivation. This takes work. This takes seeking his face. This takes giving time and energy to cultivate the presence of God. We need to know when we're praying that God is attentively and eagerly listening to our praying. He's very patient with us when those things happen. When we get distracted and we lose our train of thought or we're over here now, God just very patiently waits for us to come back, get back on track. There's a song we sing. We haven't sung it for a long time. I was going to ask you to bring it to the table this week, but I don't think we could have done it on short notice, Sonny. I only thought of it near the end of the week. But there's a song that we sing that has these lyrics, and I love these lyrics. See if you remember them. The song is You Won't Relent by Jesus Culture. And the words say, I don't want to talk about you as if you're not in the room. Think about that. I don't want to talk about you as if you're not right here. But we often do that, don't we? I don't want to talk about you as if you're not in the room. I want to look right at you. I want to sing right to you. When we pray, we want to look right at our Father, focused, conscious of his presence. We want to consciously speak right to him. Often much of our praying is as, as if God is not even really here or even listening. We've fallen into that trap of just praying because we pray. And God wants to tweak that a little bit. And he wants us to start focusing on him more when we pray. Thinking about him more when we pray. Realize we're, we're talking to 
him when we pray. Justin, you're praying for, you're praying now after that sermon on prayer. We'll stand. Justin's going to pray. The band's going to come forward. We're going to sing about our good, good father. Wait till everybody's up. No distractions. Father God, I just want to start by thanking you for everything that um, you've taught us about prayer over the years. I want to thank you for the concept and the fact that when you want to move on the earth, you, you use us and our prayers to do that. It's, it's amazing and special. We take it for granted that, that uh, you made us a, an integral part of you bringing about your purposes here on the earth. And um, it's so complex and there's so much about it. We're learning more and more and more. Um, but, but what you've shown us so far, Lord, is um, one, it's vital to um, expanding your kingdom, like Pastor Hub said, threatening the enemy's kingdom. And two, that it's an amazing special time that we can spend with you a close time. Um, you're always there for us to lean on. No matter what our situation is, where we are, what's happening, we can stop and we can come to you as our Father. Lean on you and you comfort us. And uh, Lord, as everyone's praying, I want to pray for the prayers this week. As everyone's praying this week, Lord, I pray that you would just give us um, that extra special uh, awareness of your presence um, we know you're there. You're there. It's, it's something that is in us or things that we've been through that stop us from realizing how real you are and how close you are to us in those moments of prayer. So, Lord, I pray that you would remove all that stuff, anything in our lives that, that is getting in the way and that, that barrier, that block that makes it feel like to us that you're not in the room. And, Lord, um, we want to be effective in prayer because we know that that's going to bring about your purposes here on earth. That's going to expand your kingdom. So I pray that as well, that you would make each and every one of us more effective in prayer. I know we will be as you um, teach us more and more through your word, Father. And I just thank you again that you've, you've made us a part of this. It's awesome and it's amazing. Be with all of us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>